0: Life, if you give your heart and believe what he's done for you, you'll be set for life with the treasures stored up in heaven when you're fruit. You'll be set for life. But the Lord was still angry with Judah because of their centuries of sin, and also because God said he was gonna judge them. In Second Kings 23, verse 27, where it says, And the Lord said, I will also remove Judah from my sight, as I have removed Israel, and will cast off this city Jerusalem, which I have chosen, and the house of which I said, my name shall be there. So the Lord was about to turn Judah over to their enemies, but it's about to get much, much worse. In Second Kings 24, verse 1, In his days, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up, and Jehoiakim, became his vassal for three years. Then he turned and rebelled against him. And the Lord sent against him raiding bands of Chaldeans, bands of Syrians, bands of Moabites, and bands of the people of Ammon. He sent them against Judah to destroy it, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spoken by his servants, the prophets, surely at the commandment of the Lord. This came upon Judah to remove them from his sight because of the sins of Manasseh, according to all that he had done, and also because of the innocent blood that he had shed. For he had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. So I want us to remember from the previous chapter, Josiah, the king of Judah, he went to war with Pharaoh, and he should have listened to God's warning to stay out of it. So even though Josiah had kicked the false gods out of Judah, he still had a little bit of a drive to do things his own way. And so now already, here's Babylon. They've come to take Judah over while Josiah's son, Jehoiakim, had reigned. And this is what happens when you don't listen to the Lord and you try to do things your own way. You end up becoming the cause of your own downfall because he was too ignorant to listen to even God's direct warning, don't get involved in this scuffle here. He did it anyway, and he died. So as verse 1 says, King Jehoiakim became Nebuchadnezzar's vassal meaning that Jehoiakim was forced to make all the land of Judah to be put under employment, under slavery, basically, to work under allegiance to their enemy Babylon. Now, after three years of this, several years of this kind of work went by, Jehoiakim just got fed up, tired of it. And guess who he ran to ask for help? He ran to ask Egypt. But I'm sure that Egypt remembered how Jehoiakim's dad, Josiah, was. He wanted to go to war with Pharaoh they didn't take too kindly to that. Plus, Josiah's son after him was wicked. He, in, he put in bad policy that I'm sure the Egyptians did not like. So they denied helping Jehoiakim. Basically, you're on your own, Bubba. You tend to this yourself. You pretty much got yourself into it. And it says the Lord sent all these other nations against Judah. They were getting hit from all sides. The Lord sent them to attack is what I'm trying to get at here is the lord says he the Lord said He was going to do it. He warned them, and He is now actually sending these guys to attack them. It says the Lord commanded them to invade. A lot of people don't believe that God would do such a thing as this, but He did. If you read in Daniel one verse one, it says in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Okay, the Lord gave him to Babylon. Like, here he is, take him. And this is the same God that we have today, right now, as what we're seeing back then. God never changes. Now, a lot of people, they just can't seem to believe that God would do such a thing as this. They like to say, well, God didn't cause it, but he allowed it. No. It's not what we read here. In the Bible, it says God commanded it. God caused this. He facilitated all of this mess to happen. As we read, because of the kings of Judah, they had shed lots of innocent blood. The reason God does this sort of thing is because of unrepentant sin that people just refuse to stop doing. We read that the kings of Judah, they had shed lots of innocent blood. They abused their leadership to order other people to also kill. And the people said, oh, okay, it's fine. It's the policy of the land that we kill, so we're just going to kill. And that's going on in the world today, in America as well. It is actually policy. It's legal, brought down by government officials, that it's okay to shed innocent blood. And so the people are saying, well, it's it's okay to do it, so let's do it. And God does not like it. So the king and the people here, they're all in it together. God's not just taking it out on the king. The people are also getting it as well. They have a lot of blood on their hands. And so God sent hostile enemies against them, and God still operates the same way today. God's not just all, you know, throwing out rose petals and rainbows at everybody, saying everything's okay, even though you sin, well, I'm God, i got to love you, so I I guess you can get away with it. And I just love you, and I want to shower you with blessing, blessing, blessing. No, God does something about it, and we're seeing him do that here in this chapter today. In fact, there's more information about what's going on here in 2 Kings 24 In a parallel chapter from 2 Chronicles 36, verse 6, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against him and bound him in bronze fetters to carry him off to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar took Jehoiakim prisoner for a while, and either he escaped later or he was released, but Jehoiakim eventually died in Jerusalem. He was so wicked that the Lord wanted him buried without royal honors as a good king should have had. Now, he lost his place to reign. Another guy got the throne in in place of him. He lost his power. He lost all his kingdom, everything he was trying to build up because he was a sinner and he wouldn't repent. I'm a sinner too, but I have repented, okay? That's the difference. This guy Jehoiakim would not, he would not leave his sin. And so he had to pay for it by losing his throne. But in addition to that, it also says in Jeremiah 22 and 18, Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, they shall not lament for him, saying, Alas, my brother, or alas, my sister, they shall not lament for him, saying, Alas, master, or alas, his glory, because God took it all away, right? He shall be buried with the burial of a donkey, dragged and cast out beyond the gates of Jerusalem. Guys, I, I used to work in the, on, on a ranch uh, when I was growing up, and you don't bury animals or get rid of old animal carcasses with honor and funerals. You don't invite people from all over and say, here's this cow that we had that died out here, and we're all going to say a few kind words. No, I remember Grandpa uh, gave me a, uh, some gasoline and some matches said, there's a cow out there in that field. Go take care of it <laughs> before the wind turns this way. <laughs> and I'd go out there and burn that cow carcass. It wasn't fun. You don't bury people the same way you bury animals like that, okay? The, the Lord said he's going to be buried like a donkey. No honor. He he got stripped of everything. Think of it. This This king here, he eventually got out of prison, and he got out not to be restored back to the position that he was. He was not restored back up to a great king again but he would be buried in humiliation at the Lord's command. The Lord said this is going to happen. Bury this man like a donkey. Drag him out and just throw him out there, okay? And the reason for this is because of all the wicked things that he had done, all the murders, all the blood that was spilled. Friends, God does not play around when it comes to dealing with sin. And so the Lord sent wave after wave of raiding bands of enemies to punish Judah for the sin that they refused to turn around from. Friend, if you're getting the idea that you need to repent of your sin, this is a good story to make that decision, okay? But it wasn't just against the kings. It was also against all the people that agreed with the king's wicked policies that said, oh, it's okay to kill people. All right, we're right on board with that. Be careful where you stand on that position. Just because your government says it's okay to kill, that doesn't mean you can. I know we've got a huge problem in America today called abortion. I'm not going to debate that. I'm not going to politicize it either. It is murder. And just because your government says it might be okay, that doesn't make it right in the eyes of the Lord. You need to repent of that. If you have done that before and you're grieving over it, I want you to remember there is forgiveness for it. God will forgive you. That's what's great about the Lord God, because he loves you. Now, Judah, though, had to pay for it because they would not repent We are not repenting. We don't care, Lord God, if you say it's sin. We're going to do what we want to do, and that's just the way it's going to be. And so here's what it came down to. God did exactly what he said he was going to do. He removed Judah from his sight. 2 Kings 24 and 5. Now the rest of the acts of Jehoiakim and all that he did, are they not written in the book of the Chronicles of the kings of Judah? So Jehoiakim rested with his fathers, Then Jehoiakim his son reigned in his place, and the king of Egypt did not come out of his land anymore, for the king of Babylon had taken all that belonged to the king of Egypt from the brook of Egypt to the river Euphrates. Okay, Pharaoh's not coming out anymore. He's been stripped of everything too. He doesn't have anything because the king of Babylon has it all. He is the ultimate king at this time. But you can see how incredibly powerful Babylonia had become during this time. And it was God who enabled them to get this powerful. Why? Simply for the purpose of taking Judah down. Now, we can see how incredibly powerful Babylonia had become during this time. And it was the Lord God that enabled them to get this powerful. They didn't just happen to spring up on their own. They didn't just happen to be superior to everybody, that they won all battles, and they were just that good, okay? God enabled them to get this powerful simply for the purpose of taking Judah down. And he also took Egypt down too, so that Judah couldn't ask them for help anymore. Second Kings twenty four and eight. Jehoiakin was eighteen years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem three months. His mother's name was Nehushta, the daughter of El Nathan of Jerusalem, and he did evil. Here we go again. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that his father had done. At that time, the servants of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against Jerusalem, and the city was besieged. And Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came against the city, as his servants were besieging it. Then Jehoiakim, king of Judah, his mother, his servants, his princes, and his officers went out to the king of Babylon, and the king of Babylon, in the eighth year of his reign, Took him prisoner. Verse 13 And he carried out from there all the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house, and he cut in pieces all the articles of gold which Solomon, king of Israel, had made in the temple of the Lord, as the Lord had said. Also, he carried into captivity all Jerusalem, all the captains and all the mighty men of valor, 10,000 captives, and all the craftsmen and smiths. None remained except the poorest people of the land. And he carried Jehoiakim captive to Babylon. The king's mother, the king's wives, his officers, and the mighty of the land he carried into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. All the valiant men, seven thousand, and craftsmen and smiths, one thousand, all who were strong and fit for war, these the king of Babylon brought captive. To Babylon, so I mean, your smiths, your guys that can work metal, the guys that can make weaponry—you you you can't even defend yourself. Your mighty men of valor are gone. The commanders and the captains are—they're all the the leadership is gone. You can't build weapons. You can't train men how to fight it. You you can't lead men in battle because everybody's gone. God stripped Israel down to nothing, just like He did with the king of Judah before, buried without royal honor. Now Israel has been stripped of everything. They're stripped of their royalty. They've been stripped of their defense. Anything they can do, they can't do anything now. Now, the Babylons here, they are so ridiculously crazy strong that no one could dare think of fighting them. What happened, I'm asking? What happened to the Israel of older times? The Israel that came in and they threw everybody out of the land. These Israelites, they struck down giants And they didn't just strike down Goliath. There was a period of time where they were striking down lots of giants. I mean, they were beating everybody. Nobody could take on Israel at that time. What happened to Israel? The Israel that could virtually fight anybody and win. Here's what happened to them. They fell off into sin. And so it's not that Babylon found this way to get so high and mighty on their own. They were set up to be that big. They were set up that way by God. For the very purpose of fulfilling what God said to Israel in 1 Kings 9 6. But if you or your descendants turn away from me and do not observe the commands and decrees I have given you, and go off to serve other gods and worship them, then I will cut off Israel from the land I have given them and will reject this temple I have consecrated for my name. Israel will then become a byword and an object of ridicule. Among all peoples, this temple will become a heap of rubble. All who pass by will be appalled and will scoff and say, Why has the Lord done such a thing to this land and to this temple? People will answer, Because they have forsaken the Lord their God, who brought their ancestors out of Egypt and have embraced other gods, worshiping and serving them. That is why the Lord brought all this disaster on them. Okay, well, now you know. You know, clear as a bell, why the Lord God did all this, because they sinned. They disobeyed God. They turned against him. That pretty much answers that. The text says how even Judah's greatest fighting men were dragged away like they were nothing. Okay, you don't just go to the the most valiant men and just drag them off. They're going to fight, and they're going to fight good, and they're going to fight hard. So how did it come to this? How did it come to the point where they're so weak that Babylon just come in and just took them away? It came to this because Israel served other gods and did not observe God's commands. See, if you're living life on your own terms, doing the things the way you want to do it, that means you are not obeying the Lord God. They were not serving the Lord God. They turned because they went after other things. Babylon did not just spring up on their own. They didn't just happen to come about They were given that power simply to be used as an instrument of judgment against Judah. God brought them up to go against Judah, his own people, by the way, to teach them, you should have listened to me. But God also sent the Babylonians to fulfill his word. He said he would do this if they turned. They turned. And so God had to honor what he said he would do. So everyone but the poorest people had to get deported away. They were all taken off, dragged away. Now, do you remember that guy named Achan from chapter uh, Joshua chapter 7? And I think I remember when I preached that message, I said, don't be like Achan or you will be Achan. <laughs> you know? uh, he was that guy, uh, he was with the Israelites when they first came into the land, when they first got into the promised land, and he took spoils of war, from a city that God said, don't take spoils from from this place. He took some. And among the items that Achan took, he took a, a wedge of gold. He took some various things. But one of the items that he took, it was this beautiful Babylonian garment. Oh, he wanted that Babylonian garment. He kept it. He hid it. Well, now here in 2 Kings 24, everybody is now wearing a Babylonian garment because they got hauled away. Babylon. Now, they're all wearing Babylonian garments. 2 Kings 24 and 17. Then the king of Babylon made Matanea, Jehoiakim's uncle, king in his place, and changed his name to Zedekiah. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king, and he reigned 11 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Hamatal, the daughter of Jeremiah of Lebna. He also, oh, goodness, it pains me to read this. You'd think he'd get it by now. He also did evil. Come on, guys, wake up. He also did evil in the sight of the Lord, according to all that Jehoiakim had done. For because of the anger of the Lord, this happened in Jerusalem and Judah, that he finally cast them out from his presence. Then Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. Okay, this new king, Zedekiah, he was under Babylonian pressure for several years until finally, probably some people at home probably got into his ear and said, hey, why do you let this Babylonian guy push you around? Why do you let Nebuchadnezzar keep you down? You know what? You're the king here. You ought to do something about it. And so he listened to these crazy people, and like a fool, he tried to break free from Nebuchadnezzar, and he went against him. He rebelled against him. Just like we just read, he he tried to take on the biggest, most powerful king that there was, and he's going to lose, of course, and in the next chapter, he's going to be severely punished for even trying this rebellion. Friends, it's not smart to try to fight against a king that's more powerful than you are. Let me relate that over to today. Jesus is King Jesus. He is infinitely more powerful than you are, and it is not wise to go against him. You're going to lose. You might get in front of Christians and argue them down and feel like you won and walk home with your head held high and say, see, I won, but you're not going to win against the God of Israel. It's just not smart. You know, trying to do things your own way is called iniquity, and there's a lot of people that are going to appear before the Lord God, having done their entire lives their own way by iniquity. Matthew seven twenty three. the Lord is going to say, then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me you who practice lawlessness, which is iniquity. Some versions of the Bible call it iniquity right there. So Jehoiakim, he practiced iniquity. He was lawless, and he did not obey the Lord's commands. He would not do what the Lord's law said. He operated lawless by iniquity. And so the Lord cast him away. Now, in the case of how people are cast away like wicked Jehoiakim and Zedekiah and all these guys. Yeah, you look at them and go, oh, well, you know, they did evil. They should be thrown away because they were bad. But for some reason, when you parallel it over to the Lord God, when we appear before him, and you read these passages where the Lord says, I never knew you, you've got to depart, and he throws you away because you wouldn't obey him, all of a sudden people go, no, no, no. Now, the Lord, you can't do that. That's not fair. You're supposed to be love. Again, we look at other people and say, well, you messed up. You need to go. But whenever it comes to us, for some reason, all the rules don't seem to apply. Friend, you've got to get under the Lord's authority. You've got to obey him. You've got to submit to him and do what he says. You can't live your life on your own terms, especially expecting God to bless that, because he's not. He's not going to bless it. He's going to judge it. So the Lord cast them away. Judah got cast away. And I want you to remember how the king was not buried as a king should have been. He was buried like a donkey, it says. What a cut down. What this means is that he was stripped of his royalty. Now remember, this was a king here. They bury him like a donkey? He was stripped of royalty. Friends, if you do your life your way, if you live by iniquity, then you will be stripped of the royalty that you could have had under Jesus Christ because he's king, he is royalty. You could have had that royalty. But if you live by iniquity, you're going to be stripped of that, and you will be buried worse than that of a donkey. The Bible's trying to give us a picture here. I want to show you what the Lord will also say to those who he has to cast away from Matthew 25, verse 41. Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Did you know that hell was not made for you and I? God did not make hell for us. He made that for Satan and all the demons that he works with. That's what hell is for. Hell is for them. But if you will not turn to the Lord, he's going to throw you in there with them. I mean, first off, hell is bad enough itself. It's called the lake of fire. It's eternal. It never ends. It's nothing but pain, weeping, and gnashing of teeth, the, the Bible says. But can you also imagine being thrown into that fiery pit with Satan and all the demons, too. You're all mixed up in there together. That can't be good. It's going to be absolute 24-7, 365 terror for eternity. Billions of years upon billions of years, if you want to put a time stamp on it somehow, it's never going to end. That's worse than being buried like a donkey, I'll guarantee you.